You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. So tonight, uh, I have a very special guest uh, with us, Pastor Willie Alfonso. Um, I know he grew up in Brooklyn, so he's a New Yorker. He's living on Staten Island, so he's a he's a true New Yorker. And like any self-respecting New Yorker, uh, he chose to be a servant of the New York Yankees. <laughs> so um, just uh, uh, you 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 can say what what you want, but in all major sports, God has chosen the Yankees to be his favorite. That's why they keep winning. That's all I can figure. But. Uh, now, Pastor Willie has served as uh, a chaplain for the New York Yankees, for the, uh, the Nets, for a number of other sports teams through the years. Um, I'll let him tell his story, but he's got a testimony of just God's faithfulness in his life and how God has uh, worked, and it's just encouraging. I got to meet Pastor Willie at Teen Challenge um, with uh, Tony and Ryan, who are behind you, Pastor Willie. So those guys came, and we got to... Uh, to see what Pastor Willie does up there at the Teen Challenge Center. You guys know Teen Challenge is an amazing ministry. They're here uh, once a year in their choir singing, and it's a, just helping uh, guys come out of addiction. And it's just uh, it's beautiful what God does through the ministry of Teen Challenge, so he's serving there. So at this time, I'm just going to invite Pastor Willie to come on up and share. And can we give a life tree welcome to Pastor Willie Alfonso. Thank you. Good evening. Come on. Good evening. um, My GPS gave me a tour jersey coming here. Uh, But I've lived in New York my whole life. I'm a Brooklyn boy. uh, But we're moving to Jersey, moving to Woodbridge, hopefully in October. Uh, But I'm not from Jersey. (laughs) I'm from New York. Amen, amen. <clears throat> Thank you for inviting me, Pastor. Uh, it's just a beautiful church. Uh, y- any Yankee fans here? Oh, man, praise God. Any, any Met fans? Lord God, we, we ha- lift them up before you, Lord. He's lost, God. He's lost. Just mess with you, my man. Yeah, I, I've been with the Yankees 28 years. Last year was my last year. Um, <clears throat> I got a couple of buddies that said to me, you got to be out of your mind, man to lead the Yankees. But, but when I started with them, uh, my mentor said something to me, uh, and he said it to me to a point of annoyance. He always kept saying to me, remember, it's not yours. It's God's, you know? I said, okay. And then he remembered. And I mean, he just kept on. He, he said it to a point of annoyance where I didn't really want to see him. But I'm so grateful that he did that because I was able to walk away with no problem you know, when I felt God say, that's it, that was it, you know, and I was able to walk away. I had 28 years. I had the time of my life, you know. I mean, how many guys get to, to go to a, a, a $12 million mansion and sit down with the greatest relief pitcher ever in the history of baseball, Mariano Rivera? And so him and I, I did a Bible study with him for like 15, 16 years, just one-on-one. That's crazy. That, that's insane. Um, and I, I served with the, uh, it was the Jersey Nets and became the Brooklyn Nets. I was with them 22 years. And <coughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not crazy about baseball, okay, but I'm a basketball nut. You know, I just love basketball, man. I love the game. And, 
I was always a Laker fan. My whole life I was a Laker fan. And, and here, here comes, you know, Byron Scott, you know, one of the guys that play with Magic, and he becomes the coach. I said, oh, my God. Uh, you know, I kind of didn't like him a whole lot <laughs> because he had the tendency of, like, hesitating to take a shot. I would say, take the stupid shot already, you know. <laughs> and, and so here I am in the, in, 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 the, in the cafeteria, and I see this guy. I said, man, that's Byron Scott. And I introduced myself to him. <clears throat> and he said, come to my office. And we sat down. He said, you know, my dad, his father's a pastor. His father does prison ministry in California. And he said to me, you know, my dad said to me when I, when I took this position that God was going to send a man my way to help me come back to the Lord. And Byron and I, till today, are the best of friends, man. I, it was a joy to be 22 years there, to go to two championships, to be with Jason Kidd and, and, and uh, uh, Kmart and, and Ivan Williams and all those guys. It was just a joy of my life. And then I was with the, the Giants for seven years. Um, uh, uh, I was there when David Tyree caught that ball in his head, you know. And, and then I was with the Staten Island Yankees for 20 years. And, and Robinson Cano, they played for the Yankees. Robinson Cano was 17 when he came to the Staten Island Yankees. And um, uh, him and, and Milky Cabrera and a couple of, the, of those kids who were 17, 18, they used to come to my house. My wife used to feed them rice and beans, pork chops, you know. So when he made it to the major league, I saw him in Tampa, and I said, uh, 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 I call him Canito. I said, Canito, uh, here. I took a roll of paper, and I threw it at his feet. He said, what in the world is that? I said, brother, that's your bill for all the rice and beans you ate in my house, <laughs> you know. And, and I said to him, you know, I said to him, I want cash because you Dominicans bounce checks. I told him, you, I want cash, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and and I, so I'm saying, I'm saying all this to you in the beginning because, you know, it's, it's so exciting, you know, to, to do that. But it didn't start there. You know, I, I'm, I mean, I'm a Puerto Rican boy from Brooklyn uh, that came from a family of seven kids. My father was, was, a, was a, probably one of the most evilest men you could ever find. You know, he was an alcoholic, and he used to beat the living daylight out of my mom every day. He used to beat us every single day. And, you know, I used to, I used to, I remember when I was like five years old, I would say to myself, you know, one day I'm going to grow up, and I'm going to take care of this dude, man. You know, and I turned seven. And he was beating my mom, and I would stay in the corner. I would be under the bed, and I would say, one day, <coughs> I'm going to grow up. I'm going to take care of this guy, man. So at 11 years old, that day came. <coughs> he, he came in drunk, and he had this broom to hit my mom, and I, and I, knocked, him, I knocked him out. Mm. And he left. Now, I'm not advocating that people go and knock their father out. You know, uh, If you do that and you go to jail, that's not on me. That's on you. I will visit you. I do prison ministry also. <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and, and so, and so, you know, I say that because I, I said that in the church one time, and after the service, this guy came up to me and said, hey, man, Pastor, Lee, thank you. I'm going to go home and take care of business. I said, bro, I didn't say all that, man. <laughs> you know, and if you go to jail, that's on you, brother. I ain't got no bail money, so that's on you. And so, and so you know, uh, uh, he left, and it was like the happiest day of my life that this man finally left, and we had some peace in the house. But three days later, <clears throat> my mom <clears throat> came to me and told me, we got a little problem here. We have an issue here. Your father's going to come back under one condition. You got to go. So at 11 years old, my parents abandoned me, and I lived homeless in New York City. I lived five years in a cardboard box. You know, uh, I lived in abandoned buildings. I wake up in the morning, rats would be biting my feet. You know, uh, uh, I started sniffing glue, sniffing cabona, smoking pot, drinking cheap wine. Uh, I started snorting heroin, skin popping heroin, mainline heroin, and cocaine. 
and for uh, 15 or 16 years, I was addicted. You know, um, got, got married and, and had two kids and working, but I, I was addicted. And so one day, I, I was a printer. You know, I ran a, a, a press from the wall to here, a four-color press. And um, uh, it was 60 employees, all black and Hispanics. And one day, they hired this guy called Otto Lang, a blonde-haired, blue-eyed German man. And I said to myself, man, I, I'm going to eat this boy up. <laughs> you know, white dude in our print shop? That's not going to happen, man. You know, so he came up to me, and the first thing he did was he took out his hand, and he said, I want to taste something. And he held my hand, and he held it a little too tight. I didn't like it. And he said, I want to tell you that Jesus loves you. You know, and he opened up this Bible, and he read me a verse. I said, man, this is one crazy white boy, man, you know. And, <laughs> uh, maybe I better leave him alone, man, you know. And, and uh, um, you know, and, and remember that because I was homeless at 11, I, I never went to school. I didn't know how to read. I didn't know how to write. I was in my 20s. I couldn't read two words. And so every morning, Otto Lang would come to the print shop and do the same thing. He would, he would shake my hand. He would hold my hand too tight, tell me Jesus loves me. Then he would read me a verse. So one day, I got a little tired of him doing that. You know, in the beginning, it was kind of funny, but after a while, it got a little tiring, and I didn't like it. So I, I took his Bible to the glue machine, and I, I glued his Bible. You know? And in, in a print shop, if, if you glue something, it, it's not going to open up. You know? So he came, he looked at his Bible, and he went to the cutter, and he cut the glue off here, he cut the glue off here, he cut the glue off here, he came to me, shook my hand, told me Jesus loved me. He opened up a verse and read me a verse. And this went on for a couple of years. And, you know, Otto finally left. And I, I was strung out real bad. And I had his number. <coughs> and so my wife was going to leave me and with my, my two kids, my two girls. And so I called Otto and he said, listen, why don't you go to church? You know, come to church with me. So I said, well, you know, I got nothing to lose. You know, So I went to church and, and I convinced my wife to go with me. My wife thought I was just hustling her. You know, I was looking or wait for her to stay. So I went to church, uh, heard the pastor preach, um, went home, and that night there was an evening service. You know, back then they used to have church in the morning and at night, sometimes in the middle of the day, you know, and, and that's the way it was back in those days. And so I came to church by myself at night, and I sat all the way in the back, and this preacher was preaching, and, and so I, I made a deal with God. You, you ever make a deal with God? God could handle any deal you make with him. My language wasn't correct, but God could handle any language you throw his way. Now, I know better today. I don't talk to him that way. And I said, God, Jesus, whatever your name is, personally, I think you're a hustle, but I have nothing to lose. If you are who people say you are, and if you could do what people say you could do, and you would, you, you would help me get this habit off my back, and my wife doesn't leave me, absolutely no one in this world will ever serve you like me, you know? And I, that's, that's 45 years ago. And so I, I walked down the aisle, I gave my life to the Lord, you know, and then the pastor told me, well, you know, I want you to get baptized. But I said, no, nah, that's not going to happen. Because I noticed when I looked in the class that they had a little booklet they were reading, and I, I can't read. So a retired teacher, Angelica Valentin, for three years tutored me. You know, I would go to the house on Tuesday and Thursday, and, and I would read, See, Sally, run. It, it was humiliating. Um, but she would say to me, you got to look at it like you have a little axe, and you got this big tree, and you're just going to chop, 
keep chopping things. You're going to get through. <clears throat> Do you know that I took the GD test six times? They knew me up in there. I would come and they'd say, oh, Mr. Alfonso, you're back? I said, yeah, I'm back. What's the problem? A bunch of haters? Yeah, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and so on my sixth try, you know, because back then, if you took the GD test, if you failed one part, you failed the whole thing. Today's different. Today, if you've passed, you, you passed those parts, and all you got to do is pass the part you're having a problem with. And so, I, you know, I passed it, you know, and, and, and from there, I, you know, I, I started doing Sunday school, and I started uh, taking my, my, my theological studies to Moody Bible Institute to, uh, to Chicago uh, correspondingly, and it kept chopping away, man, kept chopping away, kept chopping away, you know, um, and, and but there was there was there was a problem I had, there was a problem I had that that, that I, I I was trying to work through, and that is that 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 I had to take my trust, and I had to give it to a God I can't see, you know. And so when I was addicted on the street, homeless, uh, I knew how to take care of me. If I had to eat, I knew how to steal and steal food and or hustle food. I you know I used to go in front of this pizzeria and watch pe people, people um, eat their slice, and when they would throw the crust out, that's what I would go into the garbage and take to eat, and hoping that someone would see that and buy me a slice. You know, so if I wanted to eat, I knew how to do that. If I wanted a coat, I knew how to get it. But now I got, I got to take this, this trust, and I got to give it to this God. I, I, I don't even know. I can't even see, man, you know? And, and, and so, so, you know, I read this verse, and it kind of helped me through my journey, man, it was in Proverbs 3, you know, and it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he's going to direct your path. I said, wow, man, I said, that's deep, man. I said, that's, that's deep. So, so you got to trust in the Lord, not with some of your heart. It says trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? And don't lean on your own understanding. Listen. Your own understanding and my own understanding, it will limit us. It will limit us because there is no limit to God. None. I mean, think about it. I'm a homeless dude living in a cardboard box, sniffing glue, sniffing cabona, shooting heroin, and I become a chaplain to the New York Yankees. Now you know I ain't that smart. You know, there ain't no way I, on my best day I can't put that together. That's God. And he tells us, trust, trust me. Trust me, man. And so I'm on this journey trusting God, you know, not with some of my heart, but with all of my heart, man. Um, so, so I'm on this journey trying to trust God. And, um, you, know, I, you know, in my home, the, the religion that, 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 that my family uh, worshipped was Santeria, which is voodoo, you know. And so, so you know, they have different color beads. And every color bead represents a different God. Yemayah, Batala, Shango, you know. And so if you walked into my family's home, it was dark, man. It was wicked. We used to have these ladies called epirititas. They're witches. They would come, man, and they would bombard the house, smoking a cigar and, and going nuts. And so that's, that's what I grew up in, you know. And so, <coughs> so uh, I, you know, I had no relationship with my mom. Or my dad, uh, but my father divorced my mother, and because he cut her, he cut her from the palm of her hand to her shoulder over 1,500 stitches, and so 
they divorced and he, he married a, a Philippines girl and he beat the living daylights out of her too. And they had a, a, a daughter named Linda and uh, Linda, the state took her away because he was beating her. So he was living in Spanish Harlem and one day he was, went to open up the window because they were giving too much heat and um, he fell out. He had a brain aneurysm burst in his brain and he fell out with his face and his shoulder on the radiator. And he was there for three days burning. And so my sister found him. And so my mother calls me up and tells me, you know, your father, you know, it's in the hospital. And I said, hey, why are you calling me, man? I couldn't care less. I hope he dropped dead. I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. Right? You know, we, yeah. Could I have some? <laughs> you know, and so, and so, so, you know, you know, this journey has its ups and its downs, man. And, and so I said, I, I couldn't care less. I hope he dropped dead, man. I went about the day, but, but I felt like God, like, saying to me, you know, I want you to go to the hospital to see your father. And I said to God, hey, Lord, um, you're going to lose this one, you know. I ain't going nowhere. He said, oh, oh, you going, you know. So let me make a long story short. I went, okay. And so I get to the hospital, and my oldest brother is there, and my youngest sister is there. And we go up to the fourth floor, room 404, got it ingrained in my brain, walk in, and for the first time in almost 30 years, here's the man that made me eat out of garbage cans. Here's the man that when I was homeless, living in a cardboard box, this guy tried to rape me, and I had to stab him because he wanted to rape me. Because this dude, and I'm standing there, and I'm saying, man, why am I here? I hate this man's guts. I'm being honest with you, man. You know, I, I hate this man's guts, man. I said, why you, why you have me here, God? And so he was in a coma, but my baby sister, Carrie, said to him, you know, we, we Hispanics, when we see a, 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 a father, mother, uncle, then we say bendicion. You know, that means bless me. And when she said that to him, he came out of the coma, and he responded what they respond, que Dios te bendiga favor, que may God bless you and favor you. And right at that moment, man, I felt God say to me, you talk to him about me because he's going to die. I said, are you serious, man? Are you serious? you got to be out of your mind. I, I prefer you cut down every tree on earth and send it down to hell so when he gets there, he's nice and hot. <laughs> you know, I prefer you do that, you know. Uh, you know I, I'm just being boldly honest with you, you know, and, 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 and um, and, you know, I felt God say to me, well, the hell you want your father to go to, you know, you will go in there too, but you're not because of me. And so, you know, here I am over the bed. He's lying in the bed, and my brother's sister's here. And I look at this dude, and I said, look, um, you know, I, I want to let you know that I, that I forgive you. Um, but, you know, you need to get right with God. And so, like, he fell into a coma, and, and I said, listen, if you want to give your life to the Lord, you know, pray this prayer. And I, and I said to him, if, if you want to accept the Lord, move your head, your hand, something. And he moved his hand. And two hours later, he died. Okay. And so you may think, why in the world would you do that, man? You know, and I've learned that, that, that going to him and telling him that, it, it wasn't for him. It, it was to free me of the hate I had. My heart was hardened. And, you know, our heart is not a cemetery. You know, we keep putting all these tombstones in our heart, and we fill our heart with, with you know, that gets hard, and there's no room for God. And so 
it's amazing because uh, right after that happened, and by the way, you know, we had a funeral, and I spoke at the funeral, and we gave him the dignity he never gave us. You know, I got together with my brothers and sisters. I said, listen, man, you know, let, let's, just, let's just be free here, you know. Let, let's give this man the dignity he never gave us. And I ain't say one bad word about him. You know, we buried him, and that was, that was it. Um, um, because I learned to trust in the Lord with all my heart. And I can't lean on my own understanding, you know. And so um, I'm spending 25 years angry, um, and this man wasn't even thinking about me. Who, who was losing? Me. You know? And so um, right, right there, I, I just felt, um, after I did that, I just felt God. Because um, I've always felt in ministry I was kind of in neutral. You know, I, I knew God had by far more for me. But I didn't feel I was going anywhere. But at, right after I forgave this man, I felt like God put his hand on my hand and popped me from neutral to first, to second, to third. And I've been riding this ever since, right? Why? Because I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I don't lean on my understanding. And then, you know, I, I don't become wise in my own eyes. You know, uh, uh, I, have, I have three guys that are my best friends in the world. And when I'm struggling, I got someone to go to, man. You know, I'm not wise in my own eyes. I'm in church almost every Sunday. I'm definitely in prayer meeting in the middle of the week. Why? Because I can't be wise in my own eyes. You know, if you come to this church, do you have prayer meetings in, in the week? But, but you got Sunday, right? Listen, man, be in church. but Find someone that you can trust. Now, now, don't tell your business to everybody because there are haters out there. All right? I mean, let's be honest. You got some haters out there. You, you don't want to tell them your, everybody your business. You know, so, again, don't lean on your own understanding. Your own understanding will limit you. We need to say, God, I don't know what to do. I need you. I need to trust you. I need to trust God, man. I'm a knucklehead. You know, I need to trust God. And he started, like, opening up all these crazy doors, man. And so here, here I am with Mariano Rivera. Check this out. I'm in, I'm in Mariano Rivera's mansion, right, an ex-heroin addict, a guy that used to steal all the time. Right? So after five years doing Bible study, one day I said, hey, Mo, uh, say thank you, Jesus. He said, why? I said, bro, just, just, just say thank you. Man, just say thank you, Jesus, man. He said, thank you, Jesus. Why would you have me say, thank you, Jesus, that I'm not on drugs no more, because, brother, I would have robbed you blind, man. <laughs> I said, man, there ain't nothing here cheap, you know? I would have backed up the truck. Dude, dude, man, I would have robbed everything in here, man. So you better say thank you, thank you, Jesus. You know, but, but, but think about it. An ex-junkie, homeless, living in a cardboard box, sitting with the greatest relief pitcher ever in the history of baseball. And that's because I've learned to trust in the Lord with all my heart and not lean on my own understanding. And in all my ways, not in some of my ways, in all my ways, I acknowledge him, man. I acknowledge that who I am is because of Christ. It's because of him, man, you know. I have messing it up down packed to an art. Ask my wife. Ask my kids. You know, by the way, you know, I, I'm married 51 years with my wife. You know, it, it's long. That's a long time. You know, and, and uh, when, when we get to heaven, 
she's going to live in a mansion. I'm going to live in the projects, you know, <laughs> that she put up with me for 51 years, man. You know, uh, uh, I, I'm by far more in love with my wife today than, than, than when I married her. And I have three beautiful daughters. My oldest daughter is, is 48 years old. She's married to uh, a, a guy that just retired from the New York City Police Department. He was sergeant uh, in New York City Police Department. I have two wonderful grandkids. Uh, then I have my daughter, Yvette, and <coughs> she's 47. She's an art artistic girl, but she's a high-functioning artistic girl. She has two master's degrees in nursing science. She's an associate professor of nursing at Wagner College and a maternity nurse. She travels the world by herself. Uh, and then 15 years later, you know, God has this great sense of humor. 15 years later, he gives me another kid, okay? and that's Krista. But Krista's my prodigal child. Krista, Krista, um, Krista is, uh, Krista's gay, you know, and so like, like say, man, like this is like deep, man, like, God, what do I do with this, man? And and it was like a big fight for a lot of years, a lot of years, and then one day I'm sitting home doing my devotions, and I just felt God speak to my heart and say to me, you know, that issue about Krista being gay got nothing to do with you. That's between her and me. What's between you and her is that you need to love her. You know, you need to love her, man. And so I got on a plane and flew to Rochester, and I, and I, and I apologized, you know, and, and, and you know, I, I agreed to disagree with you, you know. I, I, you know um, and Krista and I have a tremendous friendship today, you know, father-daughter friendship. But, but I believe with everything in my heart, man, that that girl's going to come back to the Lord. You know, Krista, Krista is, a, is a special kid that uh, went to uh, the School for the Gifted Children from kindergarten. She got a scholarship, academic scholarship for $185,000 for St. John's University and blew it, you know? And so today she's an EMT rescue and she's a black belt in Binks martial art. Uh, she could kick some butt, man, I tell you right now. <laughs> I, I, I went to one of her fights and, and the girl she was fighting next was sitting in front of me. The girl she fought, she knocked her out in 48 seconds. And that girl said, nah, I don't want none of that, man. You know, <laughs> I don't want none of that. Right? So, 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 you know, we, we trust in the Lord, you know, with all our heart. We don't lean on our own understanding. You know, Proverbs 3, 7, and 8, I learned not to be wise in my own eyes. I surround myself with men that are wise in the things of God. I study the word of God. I get up every single morning, every single morning. With a teen challenge, I get up at 4 in the morning. I got to be there at 6. I got an hour and a half drive. You know, I get up 6 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. I have my time in God's word. I have my time with devotion. I got an hour and a half ride, man. I got worship music just blasting. It's funny because I be driving, man. I be worshiping God. And people drive next to me and they think I'm crazy. <laughs> you know? And I be worshiping God, you know? And people look at it. Oh, I'm worshiping the Lord, man. Why? Because I can't be wise in my own eyes. Right? I got to run. I got to run from evil. Uh, <clears throat> I, went to a, I went to a dinner uh, with the NBA, and uh, it was a formal dinner. And my wife is a retired social worker. She was in Arizona in a conference, so I went by myself. And, um, you know, it was formal, so you had to wear tux, you know. And, and I'm, not, I'm not a bad-looking dude, man, you know. And I got, look, I still got a little something-something going, you know. And, and, and so I'm, I, <laughs> I'm at this dinner, and I'm talking to the guy from the front office from the Nets, and when I looked to the left, there was a young lady sitting, right? And she looked at me, 
And she smiled. I said, ooh. So I kind of turned, you know, uh, but like 15 minutes later, I look, and, and here she comes. This was in Tampa. And she knew the guy I was talking to. He introduced me to her and left me right there. And, and you know, I felt God say to me, um, hey, listen, um, bro, you better run. You know, <laughs> you're about to bang this up, man. You, you better run, man. So I started walking away. I started skipping away and got to the elevator, pressed down. You know, when I, when I go to Tampa, I stay with my brother. And I went to my brother's house. Why? Because I got to run from evil. You know, I got to run from evil. You know that, that I've been to spring training for 28 years. <clears throat> the players stay in the four seasons. Anyone ever, here ever stay in the four seasons? That's, that's a heck of a hotel, man. Right? 28 years, I have never stayed there. Not one time. And I and have, have a room there. I have never stayed because in the lobby, rough. And, 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 and I don't want to come home and have to explain to my wife for 51 years that have been faithful to me that I banged it up. I, I, there's no way I'm going to explain to my three daughters that I cheated on their mom. There's absolutely no way I could tell my granddaughter that loves her grandma and loves me and my grandson, man, that, that, that I adore. This is my boy, man, you know. I have to explain to him that I, I cheated on grandma. Nah, no, no way, man. I've never stayed in the four seasons. You know why? Because the word of God tells me to run, to be wise, and to run, to run. And when you do that, it's like medicine to your bones. Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? And, and so, so now, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not no perfect guy. There's no halo on my head. There's no wings on my back. You press the wrong button, you meet a different Pastor Willie. You know? You know, I'm just being honest with you, man. You know, I was, you know, I was, I was driving, I was driving uh, uh, some time ago. I was driving, and this guy cut me off, and I almost went into the wall. I was ticked, man. I chased this dude down. <laughs> I mean, I went, I chased this dude, man. We got to the light, man, and I told him, roll your window down, my man, right? And then I felt God to me, you stupid, man. You know, you're about to mess this up, man, right? And I said, forget it, forget it, man. But I got to really be honest with you. Right? When I told him, roll your window down, that was a big dude, man. That dude would have beat my butt, man, you know. That was a big dude, man. I said, nah, bro, you know. It had nothing to do with spiritual. Zero, man. Was, that dude came out of the car, he would have whipped my butt, man. I, I said, nah. <laughs> I said, no, I don't want none of that. You know? and, and so that, that's, that's, my message. that's my message to you today, man, to trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He's going to direct your path. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Run. Run from evil. Run from evil. You know, if you're a believer, that means that the third part of God, the spirit of God lives in you. Amen? Right? Father, Son, Holy Ghost. You know some people make? Right? I'm with Father. You know, all that, right? The Holy. Think about what I'm saying. God himself lives in you. Right? And the Bible says at the moment of temptation, God will always, not sometimes, always give you the way of escape. Always. Take it. Don't procrastinate. You know, when, when, the, when, when the Spirit of God, there's no such thing as intuition for Christians. That's the Spirit of God. When it tells you run, run. Run, man. And so that's why I never stayed in Tampa, in the hotel. I never stayed there, man, because the woman in the lobby was crazy. 
It was nuts, man. And I, I'm not going to get caught up in that and mess up. You know, I, I went to another dinner with the NBA. Anybody know the name? Johnny Newman. Right? He's a play for the Knicks. Superstar. Great guy. Great guy. He was a great player, man. You, you know who, who he is? Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, great guy. My buddy, man, when I started doing uh, Chapel with the Nets, he was the first guy that came to Chapel. We became tight to today. We're really good friends. We play golf together. And, and so I went to this dinner, and Johnny Newman was there, and I was with my wife. And we sat in the same table, and it was nice. And as I was leaving, he came to say, hey, Pastor, would come in a second? And I want to tell you something. Johnny's like six foot eight, six foot nine, big brother. So he bends down, because I know I'm a short Puerto Rican, right? So he bends down, and he says, I want to tell you something. I said, what's up, Johnny? He says, you're the only man I know that's still with the same woman. You know? And for me, my greatest testimony is that I'm still married to the same woman for 51 years, especially being Puerto Rican, where 78% of Hispanic families don't have a father at home, you know? And, and, and doing chapel with the Hispanic players for the New York Yankees, that was my main thing, man, to show them, listen, guys, be faithful, be faithful. And by the way, my wife did chapel with the wives for 18 years, you know? And, and she really kind of ticked me off, man, because when she started doing it, she was doing chapel with one of the owner's wife, right? So I'm in there 15 years before her, right? And she got credentials better than mine. <laughs> you know, I said, what's up with that, man? She could go to places I can't go, you know? Right? And, and when I was to the Nets, she did chapel with, and Bible studies with the wives or the girlfriends of the player. My wife's a retired social worker. But this, this has been our life, man. This has been our journey, you know? And, 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 and I want to... I wanna, um, read one more verse before I stop. Uh, and if you have your Bibles on your phones or your iPads, you can't just say Bible no more. Right? You go, go to Ezekiel. Ezekiel 46, 9. Right? And, and, and it says, you know, it says, you know, at the time of the feast, those who came into the north gate are to go out the south gate. And those who come into the south gate are to go out the north gate. No one is to return to the gate he entered, but everyone is to go out the opposite gate. What does that mean? Right? Like, like, like you came to church this morning, this evening, right? And you came in one way. But God's desire is that you leave different. That you leave and you go out differently. It makes no sense to come to church Saturday evening and leave the same way you came in. I pray that something I have said will penetrate into your heart, into your mind, into your spirit, and you will leave different, not the same way you came in. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm a, I'm a little Pentecostal, so, you know. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm from Brooklyn Tabernacle, Pastor Simler. You know, we have great prayer meetings there, great prayer meetings. He's my, he's my, he's my mentor. You know, Jim Similar is my man. Uh, you know, guys, you know, every day, every day, every day, learn something and leave different. Now, I'll close in saying this. Um, my mom, uh, she died last year. My, my mother was, was a witch. She was a santera. Right? She practiced voodoo. She hated my guts. She hated me with a passion. She hated my wife, and she hated my children. Matter of fact, she would 
do curses on us. If you went to my mother's house, when you went inside, right there there was an altar, and there she had her God, and there she had flowers and candy and, and fruit. Then she had a little white clear bowl, and in there there was water, and she had a, a piece of paper, someone's name. She was cursing someone. And she took that name also, took a piece of paper, she put it in her shoe like she's walking on them. Right? And she did that to me, my wife, my kids. You know, so we, we had no relationship whatsoever. Um, so she, 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 she died. Her last wish was that I not attend her funeral. Okay? And so, so when she was dying, I, I would say to God, Lord, I, I can't go to that funeral. You know, my, my family, we're, we're very dysfunctional, man. And I don't feel like going into that and dealing with my sister that, that is crazy and my brother that's nuts, you know, and, and they live this crazy life, man. And, and uh, there's bound to be a fight. It's, it's just going to happen, man. You know, someone's going to get cut. There's going to be a fight. I said, God, I don't know what to do, God. And God just put it on her lips. She said, I don't want him in the funeral. I said, Hallelujah. She bailed me out, man. Oh, she bailed me out. Um, uh, she died, you know, a witch. Um, so this, this is my story. This is, this is, this is my journey, man. Uh, but here I am, you know, some 46 years later. Guy that used to live in a cardboard box that was a heroin addict is, is the man that loves God, man, and loves Jesus. And, and I'm grateful for what God has done in my life, man. And, and so I decided uh, uh, I'm 70 years old. And so I decided that at my age, I needed to give back. So uh, Pastor Todd asked me four years ago when I come to Team Challenge, told me, you're out of your mind, my man. I'm an hour and a half away. That's three hours of driving. That's not going to happen, man. So I went home. I told my wife, big mistake. I told my wife, big mistake, man. <laughs> Sometimes I just, just, just shut up, you know. And she said to me, you know, I think God wants you to go there. You know, so I started praying, I, and I just felt God say to me, you know, everything I put in you, I want you to put in those men. Right? I get up at 4 in the morning to go there, and, and the pay is very little to nothing. But it's not about the pay. It's about, at my age, now giving back. You know, I'm so grateful for what God has done for me. I should be dead or dying of AIDS or doing life in jail. And here I am in your church Sharing God's word, Hallelujah, Amen. Okay. And so, 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 if 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 you have a doubt in your mind that there's not a God, and you say what I used to say, I want to see Him, then, then look at me, and you see God. You look at me, and you see God. I'm a product of Jesus Christ. You know, I'm a product of a, of, of of a homeless, illiterate, Puerto Rican boy. It was thrown out at 11 that lived in a cardboard box and had a fight for his life, nearly raped four times, you know, um, uh, lived in abandoned buildings and woke up because rats were biting my feet and, and eating out of garbage cans and begging for food. And the minute I gave my life to the Lord, God just turned it around. He just turned it around. Because, because in Christianity, you know, it's not a religion. I'm not a religious dude. I want nothing to do with religion. You know, Christianity is a relationship. And, and, and so we're, we're, we're constantly waiting on God to do something, but God is constantly waiting for us to do something. You know, Christianity is a participation. 
God will always do what he does, and he's waiting for us to do what we need to do. And when I got on his team and started surrendering and started understanding his ways, man, he started opening up doors, you know, and boom goes the dynamite, man. It's crazy, man. Guys, I was a chaplain to the Yankees, to the Giants, to the Nets, to the Staten Island Yankees. I was a executive director to Urban Impact, an illiterate dude that lived in a, in a cardboard box, man. You know, today, the, 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 the pastor uh, to Team Challenge Campus, I'm also the chaplain to the whole athletic program for Nyack Bible College. You know, where am I wildest? I think that would happen. But get, check this out. It's just not for me. It's for you, too. It's for you, young ladies. It's for you, my man. It's for you, for you, for you, for you, my man. It's for you, man. You know why? Because you're a special young man created by God to do something special for God that only you can do. If you just get with this program, if we just get with this program, God will blow us up, man. Right? You can't say no. That's not true because here I am. Here I am, man. Okay? An illiterate Puerto Rican boy that lives in a cardboard box and God used this way. And if he used me that way, he'll use you the same way. I don't care if you're white, black, purple, green, orange. You came from planet Lala. Makes no difference, man. You know, God wants to use you, man. But you got to participate. Guys, you got to participate. Get off your butts, man, and participate. This is your church, man. This is a good man. He really, you know, I just met him. But listen, I travel all over the world, right, to speak. I have an agency that represents me, sends me all over the world to speak, man. I meet a lot of pastors, right? And I meet, and sometimes I meet hustlers. You know? Yeah, I mean, I meet hustlers, man. And, and guess what? I don't go, I don't go. But, but I just met this young man and met his wife. And I can tell you right now, these are good people. They are, they, they're good people, man. They, they've been grinding and grinding and grinding and grinding here. You know, and they love you and they care for you, man. Participate, guys. Participate, man. He can't, they can't do this alone. They need, they need you. They need you to get off your butt. Wow, he's saying that, right? Listen, listen, I'm not the pastor here. I don't care if you like it or you don't like it. I'm going to leave, you know? I'm, I'm going I'm to leave back to Staten Island. So if you don't like me, too bad, you know? And that's, 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 that falls under the category of life, you know? But these are, these are good people, man. Listen, listen, get, get on board. Get on board, man. You know why? Because you're special. Everyone in this room is special, created by God to do something special for God. They don't, they don't need, they only you could do, my man. No one else could do it. But you, no one else could do it but you, you know? But you got to participate, you know? Stir up the gift that's in you, man, right? Fan the flame of the gift that's in you, and God will blow you up, man. I live a blow-up life. I love it. I'm 70 years old, you know? Uh, I want to go to heaven. I'm in no hurry, <laughs> you know? I want to dance at my granddaughter's wedding, man. I want to dance at my grandson's wedding. You know, I want to hang out, have fun with them, you know, as I do today. But, man, I'm a man of God. Why? Because I trust the Lord with all my heart. I don't lean on my own understanding. In all my ways, that's all my ways, I acknowledge him. And he has directed my path, man. I'm not wise in my own eyes, man. I run from evil. I run from it. When I say I run from it, because the Spirit of God says, hey, no good. Go, run. Right? I run from evil. And it's like medicine to my bones. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for today. 
Thank you for this wonderful church, this wonderful pastor, and his wife, and the assistant pastors, and those leaders that are here, and all the folks that are here, Lord God. I pray that you will bless them, Lord God, and bless them indeed, Lord God. I pray that something I might have, say, might, might have said will stir up inside of some of the, some of the folks here, man, and they would, they would use their talents and their gifts to serve you. That If I get invited back here next year, this room will be full, jam-packed, man, because everyone got off their butts, Lord God, and did what you've called them to do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your kindness, Lord God, in the way that you, that you work. Now, I, I want to ask this question. As your eyes are closed and heads are bowed, maybe, just maybe, there's someone here that's never given their life to the Lord. Let me say to you that today is your day, man. Today is your day. The Bible says the day of salvation is today. Listen, I'm going to get in my car and go back to New York, but that's not promised to me. I may not make it, man. Hey, listen, this is your day to get saved. And if that's you, in the quietness of your seat, pray this prayer with me. Say, say dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Go ahead, just talk to him. I know that you went to the cross for me. Lord, forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. And let me start a new journey with you. If, if anyone pray that prayer, we just pick up a hand so I can pray for you. Anyone pray that prayer? You pick up your hand and say, that, that's me, man. I, I get right with God. I need to get right with God. Father, thank you for this wonderful church. Bless it, Lord God. Bless this pastor and his wife and their children, Lord God, the assistant pastor and the leaders of this church, Lord God. Bless them, Lord God. Provide everything they need and some, Lord God. Give them a surplus, Lord God so they could do your work. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. 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 You know, I have, I, I have um, I, for a guy that couldn't read, I wrote a book. <laughs> so I have my life story here, and I wrote a devotion to it. So if you want it, it's going to be back there. Uh, Pastor, thank you so much for allowing me to come here and share my story. Amen. <laughs> Oh, man, that was a uh, thank you, Pastor Willie. I got to say that was a gift. Uh, man, that was just a straight up gift to, to all of us. Thank you so much for being willing to tell your story because you don't have to. But you take time to be vulnerable and to encourage. And we felt like God told us back, you know, in January, this was going to be a year of confident hope. This was going to be a year of hope. And hope is born from testimony. Hope comes from what God has done. That's how we have hope for tomorrow is what he did yesterday and what he's doing today. That's what strengthens our faith in tomorrow. And I think that was like and just a, I mean, a steroid shot <laughs> of hope. Because if God can do those things in you, what can't God do? Seriously, what, what can't God do? I love what you said you know, you made a deal with God, right? Like, you make a deal, like, what do you got to lose? I just want to encourage you. Maybe you got a deal you need to make. There's something in front of you that you just said, man, you know you can't beat it on your own. But there's a, so you say, God, this thing. God, okay, you, you fix this thing, God. I'll know. I'll know it was you. Make a deal. I just, listen, God's good for it. He's good for it. I just want to encourage you. Maybe tonight on your way home, think about it. God, let's make a deal. 
You always, you always win when you make a deal with God. He, he always fulfills his end of the bargain. He never fails. So, uh, Pastor Willie, again, just thank you so much for encouraging us. And uh, for those watching online as well, I just hope that you heard this loud and clear. Always pray that the messages that come from our church would be true. Like That's the word of God. It's true. What he said was true. That it would be transformational, that it would affect change, that we leave different. Maybe you want to go out a different door <laughs> just to kind of symbolize that. There's lots of doors. Pick a different door that you walk out tonight. But then the third thing is that it's timely. That that true word that has a potential to change comes to us at the moment we need to hear it. And I believe that this was the moment, that this Saturday night in Robbinsville, New Jersey, that we were supposed to hear that. Because that was the voice of the Lord speaking through Pastor Willie. So whether you're listening online or you're here, I just pray every week, and I believe that that was the word of the Lord to us. And so we need to respond to that. Because if God's speaking, we got to listen. So just thank you, thank you, thank you. And I want to point out, I think it's really, really important that a cover of his book's got a tree on it. So I think he wrote the book just for us. Like, I mean, it's like we're meant to be. We're brothers. It's kind of just that thing, you know. Like, we're sitting there actually. Pastor Will, you don't know, my dad passed about 10 months ago. And he was my hero. And my son just whispers. We called him Bup, his grandfather. But Bup, he said, Bup would have really liked this guy. And we think we would, my dad would have been real good friends with you. And just wish he could have met you as well. But thank you, thank you, thank you for what you gave to us. We're just going to close our service with a word of prayer. And... Uh, Hope you have a great rest of your week and uh, almost to the end of the summer. Yeah, Pastor Willie can be in the back to please, uh, please greet him on your way out. And again, if you want to greet him, then go a different door. You can do that. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for how much you love us. Lord, you're constantly speaking to us, calling to us, reaching out to us because you love us. You want us to know. Where there's nothing you can't do, and you want to do so much good for us if we'll only trust you with all our strength. Lean not on our understanding. In all our ways acknowledge you and know that you will direct our path. We have no business walking in our own strength, Lord. The best decision we can all make today is to put our full trust in you. It's the absolute best decision any of us will make in this day. Let us make it. Let us have the courage and the faith to make that. And thank you for this testimony that gives us hope that it's going to be worth it when we do. It's in your good name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of your week. And don't forget to pick up your kids.